Good morning. Thank you for listening to Gospel and Chill. I'm Justine Byrne, and I'm an entrepreneur living in Los Angeles. And on this podcast, I just read the gospel. We are on the Gospel of Matthew, book 6. If you missed books 1 through 5, there is a previous episode. We're reading the New Living Bible, which is an interesting translation to say the least, but it is my grandpa's Bible. And so for this reason, it's the one I'm reading. The Gospel of Matthew, book 6. Take care, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired, for then you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give a gift to a beggar, don't shout about it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and the streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you in all earnestness, they have received all the reward they ever get. I tell you in all earnestness might be the same as amen I say to you. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you do a kindness to someone, do it secretly. Don't tell your left hand what your right hand is doing. And your father, who knows all secrets, will reward you. And now about prayer. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who pretend to piety by praying publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see Truly, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, all alone, and shut the door behind you, and pray to your father secretly, and your father, who knows your secrets, will reward you. And don't recite the same prayer over and over as the heathens do, who think prayers are answered only by repeating them again and again. Remember, your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. Pray along these lines. (gasps) This is where we get the... Our Father. Okay. Pray along these lines. Our Father, who we honor your holy name. We ask that your kingdom will come. May your will be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. Give us our food again today, as usual, and forgive our sins, just as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. Don't bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Your heavenly Father will forgive you if you forgive those who sin against you, but if you refuse to forgive them, he will not forgive you. So that's, that is the translation of this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's the prayer. And now about fasting. Ooh, interesting, because so many of my friends are in Ramadan right now. And now about fasting. When you fast, declining your food for a spiritual purpose, don't do it publicly as the hypocrites do, who try to look wan and disheveled so people feel sorry for them. Truly, it is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, put on festive clothing so that no one will suspect you're hungry except your father who knows your secret and he will reward you. Don't store up treasures here on earth where they can erode away or may be stolen. Store them in heaven where they will never lose their value and are safe from thieves. 
If your prophets are in heaven, your heart will be there too. If your eye is pure, there will be sunshine in your soul. But if your eye is clouded with evil thoughts and desires, you are in deep spiritual darkness. And oh, how deep that darkness can be. You cannot serve two masters, God and money. For you will hate one and love the other or else the other way around. So my counsel is, don't worry about things, food, drink, and clothes, for you already have life and a body, and they are far more important than what to eat and wear. Look at the birds. They don't worry about what to eat. They don't need to sow or reap or store up food, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and you are far more valuable to him than the birds are. Will all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothes? Look at the field lilies. They don't worry about theirs. Yet King Solomon in all his glory was not clothed as beautifully as the field lilies. That's nice. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he make surely... Sorry. And if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you, O men of little faith? So don't worry at all about having enough food and clothing. Why be like the heathen? For they take pride in these things and are deeply concerned about them. But your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well what you need, and he will give it to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. So don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. That's the Gospel of Matthew, Book 6. The Gospel of Matthew, Book 7. Don't criticize, and then you won't be criticized, for others will treat you as you treat them. And why worry about a speck in the eye of a brother when you have a board in your own? Should you say, friend, let me help you with that speck in your eye when you can't even see because of the board in your own? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the board. Then you can see to help your brother. Don't give holy things to depraved men. Don't give pearls to swine. They will trample the pearls and turn and attack you, and you will be given what you ask for. Let's start that. It's going to be book 7, chapter 7 again. Ask, and you will be given what you ask for. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. Anyone who seeks, finds. And if you will only knock, the door will open. If a child who asks his father for a loaf of bread, will he be given a stone and said? And if he asks for fish, will he be given a poisonous snake? Of course not. And if you hard-hearted sinful men know how to give gifts to your children, won't your father in heaven even more certainly give good gifts to those who ask him for them? Do for others what you would have them do for you. This is the teaching of the laws of Moses in a nutshell. What a translation that Jesus said in a nutshell. I love that. (laughs) This is the New Living Bible. Heaven can be entered only through a narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide enough for the multitudes to choose its easy way. But the gateway to life is small, and the road is narrow, and only a few can enter it. Beware of false teachers who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are wolves who will tear you apart. You can detect them by the way they act, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit. You need never confuse, fruits, you need never confuse grapevines with thorn bushes or figs with thistles. 
Different kinds of fruit trees can be quickly identified by examining their fruit. A variety that produces delicious fruit never produces the inedible kind, and a tree that can producing an inedible kind can't produce what is good. So the trees having the inedible fruit are chopped down and thrown on the fire. Yes, the way to identify a tree or a person is by the kind of fruit produced. Not all who sound religious are really godly people. They may refer to me as Lord, but they still won't get to heaven. For the de decisive question is whether they obey my Father in heaven. At the judgment, many will tell me, Lord, Lord, we told others about you and used your name to cast out demons and many other great miracles. But I will reply, you have never been mine. Go away, for your deeds are evil. All who listen to my instructions and follow them are wise, like a man who built his house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents, the flood... Not torrents. I'm in here in Redondo Beach. It's not if the rain comes in torrents. It's if the rain comes in torrents, like torrential rain. And the floods rise, and the storm winds beat against his house. It won't collapse because it's built on rock. But those who hear my instructions and ignore them are foolish. Like a man who builds his house on the sand. For when the rains and floods come, the storm winds beat against the house and it will fall with a mighty crash. The crowds were amazed at Jesus' sermons. For he taught as one who had great authority, not as their Jewish leaders. And that is the Gospel of Matthew, Book 7. The Gospel of Matthew, Book 8. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the hillside. Look, a leper is approaching. He kneels before him, worshiping. Sir, the leper, please, if you want to, you can heal me. Jesus touches the man. I want to, he says. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappears. Then Jesus says to him, Don't stop to talk to anyone. Go right to the priest to be examined and take with you an offering required by Moses' law for lepers who are healed. A public testimony of your cure. When Jesus arrived in Capernaum, a Roman army captain came and fled with him to come to his home and heal his servant boy, who was in bed paralyzed and racked with pain. Yes, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Then the officer said, Sir, I am not worthy to have you in my home. And if you will only stand here and say, Be healed, my servant will get well. I know because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. If I say to one, Go, he goes, and to another come, he comes, and to my slave boy, do this or that, he does it. And I know you have an authority to tell this sickness to go, and it will go. Jesus stood there amazed. Turning to the crowd, he said, I haven't seen faith like this in all the land of Israel, and I tell you this, that many Gentiles like this Roman officer shall come from all over the world and sit down in the kingdom of heaven with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and many an Israelite, those for whom this kingdom was prepared, shall be cast into outer darkness, into the place of weeping and torment. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go home, and what you have believed has happened. And the boy was healed in the same hour. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her, and she got up and prepared a meal for them. That evening, several demon-possessed people were brought to, to Jesus, and when he spoke a single word, all the demons fled, and all the sick were healed. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. He took our sickness and bore our diseases. 
When Jesus noticed how large the crowd was growing, he instructed his disciples to get ready to cross to the other side of the lake. But just then, one of the Jewish religious teachers said to him, Teacher, I will follow you no matter where you go. But Jesus said, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but I, the Messiah, have no home of my own, no place to lay my head. Another of his disciples said, Sir, when my father is dead, then I will follow you. But Jesus told him, Follow me now. Let those who are spiritually dead care for their own dead. Then he got into a boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a terrible storm came up with waves higher than the boat, but Jesus was asleep. The disciples went to him and wakened him, shouting, Lord, save us, we're sinking. And he answered, O men of little faith, why are you so frightened? And he stood up and rebuked the wind and waves, and the storm subsided, and all was calm. The disciples just sat there, awed. Who is this, they asked themselves, that even the winds and the sea obey him? When they arrived on the other side of the lake, in the country of the Gadarenes, two men with demons in them met them. They lived out in a cemetery and were so dangerous that no one could go through that area. They began screaming at him, What do you want with us, O son of God? You have no right to torment us yet. A herd of pigs was feeding in the distance, so the demons begged, If you cast us out, send that to that herd of pigs. All right, Jesus told them, Be gone. And they came out of the men and entered the pigs, and the whole herd rushed over the cliff and drowned in the water below. The herdsmen fled to the nearest city with the story of what had happened, and the entire population came rushing out to see Jesus and begged him to go away and leave them alone. And that is the Gospel of Matthew, book 8.